Hello and welcome back to Discover the Unknown, a podcast by Cove Clothing that aims to inspire our listeners by bringing you incredible people with epic stories. I'm your host Lydia Cook and today I'm going to be chatting to Sam from Riker Bags, which is a sustainable carry company that will be emerging onto the market very soon. We caught up with Sam today to talk about sustainable business and who inspires him in the industry. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. It's really nice to have you on the podcast with us um, to talk about your brand. So I guess, first of all, kind of to inform the listeners, you know, what is Riker and where did it all start? Yep. Uh, thanks, Lydia. Not a problem. And thank you for having me. Um, yeah. So Riker is a sustainable carry company um, based in the UK. So we make um, technical bags, travel bags, um, from recovered ocean waste plastics and we contribute to ocean initiatives um, in order to combat the, um, the global plastic crisis. Nice. How is it that you actually like recycle the ocean plastics? Is it, you know, is it like a really technical process that it happens through or is it quite straightforward? Because I know a lot of brands are doing this, but you know, when I imagine your bags, I'm kind of, you know, they're quite sturdy and quite tough, aren't they? So how, how does that work? Do you know the kind of like behind the scenes of that? Yeah. So the, the process is very much the same as making ordinary fabrics. It's just at the start of the process, instead of taking virgin plastics, um, we use post-consumer, which are a mix of um, plastics from recycling plants and collected plastics from um, taken from the oceans. But essentially these, um, whether it's plastic bottles or whether it's um, a nylon-based plastic, they're taken um, sorry, so the plastics are taken and then they're shredded down and turned into pellets. And then these pellets are then spun and woven into fabrics. And then they're either treated with a waterproof coating um, or if there's a surface-based coating in the same way that a ordinary fabric would be. But the all the only difference is that at the start of the process, um, the, the source of materials that's used rather than being virgin plastics is... Um, is ocean plastics or post-consumer, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a technical process, but it's, it's becoming a lot more common now than it was when we first started this, um, which is great to see. Yeah, I've definitely noticed like a big kind of push in a lot of companies to start using plastic waste rather than kind of uh, creating it right from its source, isn't there? So it's, it's amazing to see that. And it's great that your company is a part of that. Um, but I guess on that kind of sustainable um, topic, has it always been a part of you? Do you think, did you kind of always imagine that you'd end up going down a sustainable business route in your life? Or was it something that kind of developed through your surroundings and I don't know, through a degree or anything like that? Um, I guess what I'm asking really is how, how did Riker grow? Like, how was it born? Yeah, so it's... Um... It's a long story, uh, so I'll try and keep it as, as sweet as possible. But essentially, um, my original background was very much more in the corporate world. Um, I essentially developed software, um, but it wasn't something that like fueled me. There was no real passion behind it. But then I did a degree in product design, um, and soft goods isn't taught in the UK. 
So I was very much ventured into the unknown on on my own. Um, but actually, the the motivation for wanting to sort of tackle the soft goods industry was the fact that my my mum actually was um, was a seamstress or pattern cutter back in the day, and I always had a um, a big interest in sewing machines, how they worked, um, and really breaking it down. So it's almost paying homage and legacy um, to my mum's industry. So I got into this um, off, the, off the back of that. But yeah, so I did did my degree in product design and it was very much, you were almost pushed down this route of either making furniture or something that was 3D printed um, and required expensive tooling, et cetera. Um, and that just really wasn't for me. And um, yeah, I ended up down this route and it was like, why just make something for the sake of making it? Why not try and tackle a problem? And this was three years ago now. And I first discovered um, the possibility of using recycled materials. And back then, like I say, it really wasn't common. Nobody was really doing it. And it's become over the last three years, uh, very much more mainstream, more brands are doing it and it's way more accessible because the the price of the materials, um, the raw materials themselves were around double um, cost per meter, cost per yard compared to what they are now. Um, it's still way more expensive to produce from recycled materials, but um, it's definitely more accessible and it allows brands to do it um, in a more economic way, whereas before it just wasn't attainable because the price you were pricing yourself out of the market because you had to because the cost of goods was so high. Um, but yeah, and then we ended up sorry down this route, um, and it's become something that's so passion led um, rather than financially led. Like obviously, all businesses need to make money, but um, but yeah, Riker is just every day is 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 what i think about um every day every minute kind of thing I, I can't switch off um and that's really what drives me rather than previous businesses where it's just been all about the the bottom line and sort of making money which is which is natural in business but it's great to have um a much bigger cause and if we can make a small impact on the plastic crisis then that's a great thing and not just that, but educating consumers um, to expect more from brands and setting their expectations much higher because we've become so accustomed to looking for the cheapest product um, that just ticks that that one feature box. Um, but it's not always the best product for the planet and not always the best product in general. Um, but we've become so accustomed to cheaper is better and it's not always the case. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you pick up on the point um, that this business that you have is passion led rather than financially led. Um, and that's really something that I've started to notice in a lot of brands that I work with, sustainable brands that I work with, but also, you know, I've spoken to a couple of brands already on this podcast who talk about it in a similar way where these companies, um, these amazing sustainable and ethical companies are doing it out of passion and what they care about and what they want to see change in the world rather than that financial benefit. 
And I don't know about you, but I think with that becoming such a strong part of um, businesses these days and the companies, new companies in particular, rather than ones that are already standing and trying to kind of switch to be sustainable for the look rather than actually wanting to. Um, I've noticed that these companies that have passion for it are starting to kind of dilute those other ones and it's becoming like a real topic in consumerism that people are starting to buy from companies that are passionate rather than just saying that they've become sustainable. I mean, I, th I think I said that in a very complicated way, but basically I, I completely agree with you. And I wonder, have you seen that yourself from someone who's already in that industry? Have you noticed that more and more brands are starting to grow through passion rather than finance? Yeah, so... Yeah, so as, as well as Riker, um, I am a soft goods designer by trade as well. And the, a lot of the brands that I was working with were going down that route. And they were they were legacy brands that had been around for a long time. Um, everything was, was done to a budget. And you were doing things based on um, meeting a target cost price rather than necessarily making the best product or from the best materials or looking after the people. Um but it's very easy because this industry isn't so regulated in regards to sustainability um, that you can quite easily have a, a full range of products that aren't sustainable, but then latch on to this sustainable one category. Um, and then all of a sudden use that to spin your marketing and all of a sudden you're changing um, people's perception on you as a brand and making people think that you're a sustainable brand um, when actually other things that you're doing aren't so sustainable um, and yeah they're, they're, they're using it very much from a marketing angle which is which is business um, but if the root isn't there that you're you're not sustainable to the core it's kind of like well what's the point if you're essentially just offsetting um, all the not so great things in the business with just the one percent um which i i completely understand that on these large um multi-level conglomerates like it, it's really hard to actually implement that throughout the whole supply chain because there's so many existing um procedures and suppliers and products product lines that exist that it, it becomes really complicated to switch everything and flip it on its head so these smaller brands that are starting up and that have sustainability and ethical practices at their core, it becomes a lot easier to push that um, in a way that consumers react to um, because it, it's, it's sort of in their DNA rather than just trying to evolve and adapt as a brand because that's where your sort of mission and your drive is it, born from. Um, so I think from a brand perspective, people latch onto that and can connect with that a lot better than these brands that have been around for ages that that are just doing it just because it's it's the the trend and what's in and, and what's easily marketable. I completely agree. I think even from the outside, people can start to notice that. Um, and obviously there's a big push uh, to talk about greenwashing, um, which I've noticed more and more recently it's something that's being spoken about a lot on um on social media and things like that so i think yeah watching brands grow organically and kind of 
rise organically through actually being passionate about sustainability is um, noticeable in in the marketing, I think, as well as in the kind of actual products and the quality of the products. Um, but it's definitely something that I think is hard for people to look for if we if they don't know where to start. I think obviously uh, myself and you are, are in the industry and know a lot about it and, and can kind of pick up on it quite quickly. So I wondered, as someone who owns, you know, this this great brand, do you have any key tips to give to the listeners who might be looking out for that kind of greenwashing and that marketing side of sustainability that's maybe not telling the whole truth? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of things that you can do. So, uh, for example, it's not always the case, but some brands obviously offer transparency with the manufacturers they use. Um, which I understand why a lot of brands don't do this and it's something that we want to do because there's obviously it's a competitive industry and you don't want to give away suppliers because finding suppliers is the hardest thing. Um, so yeah, so transparency in manufacturers, whether they've got ethical certifications or, or haven't, um, because ethical certifications such as blue sign are really hard to obtain. So it's something that factories often shout about. So if you, if a brand is is willing to show who they're working with, then that's something that's easily identifiable. Um, of course, whether the brand is using um, recycled fabrics, the coatings that they're using. Um, of course, this goes beyond just um, soft goods products. But yeah, if they're using recycled materials or they're using plant-based materials um, or alternatives to plastics, um, all, all of these things are obviously things to look out for, but I think a telltale sign is the whether it's throughout their their whole range of products and whether it's honest, um, or whether it's just a case of like I say, it's it's the one percent that they're trying to make up for. And this isn't like a slagging battle. It's not a case of brands are terrible because they they only have this one percent. It's great that some are making a shift in the right direction and it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but yeah, it, it is really tricky. I think until there's some kind of regulation where you kind of can't shout about being this and that until someone, a third party has approved that. Um, I think it's going to be really tricky because in terms of um, just fabrics alone, you could say that something was recycled and there's no, no way of possibly ever knowing. Of course, if it was um, packaging-wise, then the actual visual appearance is slightly different from plant-based packaging to plastic-based. Um, but again, it's it's really hard to identify, and you're very much placing trust in that brand. And I guess that that's where it falls back to being this small, organic, um, sustainable brand and having that community relationship um with your audience because they already engage with you and trust you so they're sort of taking your word for it whereas with the larger brands if you don't have that you're very much just just reading black and white and hoping that that's that's correct um so it, it is really tricky but that so long as you're making educated decisions um based on what's put in front of you that's all we can really do i think those are really useful tips and i think like you say, even even when you do know what to look for, actually, it can still be hard to kind of figure out exactly what's going on. But I think 
with that information in mind, it's definitely a lot easier to make that informed decision when you are being a consumer and and buying from these companies. Um, but I, I had a chat, a really good chat with a friend of mine the other day who owns um, Origin Africa. And one of the things she was saying was that in this world of sustainable and ethical um, business, it's a really key factor and something that she like herself as part of that industry is really proud of is that all of these companies stick together and it's almost like there's there's less competition in these organic um smaller brands because they're all fighting for the same thing and that is a better future in terms of business you know better business and better buying and all of that um so i guess on that kind of uh, on that line do you have businesses that you've really looked up to or even influences or celebrities that you think are kind of leading this fight for um, a sustainable future that, that you really look up to and kind of base Riker on maybe some of their ethoses and things like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think you're definitely right in what you're saying about um, other brands and people that are of the same mindset. Everyone's really a lot more willing to help out. Um, what if it's a question or for example, we, we work with some great people, um, who I'm, who I know you follow on the other side of the world, um, such as Nolan and show. And these are like amazing people, but they're so willing to help and support, even though we're only a small brand and these are like celebrities within the space. They're so willing to help and support because of the mission and trying to create this better environment. Um, so yeah everyone's so much more on board than if we were to just be this corporate entity approaching them with nothing nothing different um and not sort of fighting for for a better planet um i think it, it they definitely wouldn't be as as open-minded to helping and supporting um and that goes for again other brand owners um and i like i i, I owe everything to my network and sort of where i am now is as a result of that um and i think people are are so much more approachable within the space because as you say everyone's fighting for the same thing it's not and i and i have noticed that like other brands within my space are so competitive people that were sort of starting out at the same time as me and then it's, it's almost as if like oh if you get more likes on your post or you have more things going on it, it you notice that there's like a drop off so people stop supporting as much and those people that you used to speak to so frequently um, there's very much this like rivalry going on, which I I don't really believe in. Um, and that then that, they're not the brands I'm thinking of aren't necessarily within the the sustainability space, but it, it it's definitely a thing where we stick together a lot more. Um, but going sorry, going back to your question regarding sort of brands that's inspired me, um, Riker was also very much born on the ethos um of the founder of patagonia so i actually I'm, I'm really not a reader um i'm i'm more of like an audio book podcast kind of guy um but i i read the book uh, let my people go surfing um if, sorry, four, four or five years ago now and that very much inspired this journey um and it was just about sort of looking after people you work with and fighting for a better planet leaving um leaving a, the, the world a better place than you found it that's that's in in a simplified term that's sort of what we're all about 
Um, so yeah, I would definitely say Patagonia um, because they're still privately owned. Um, everything that they've done for many years has been putting the planet first before it was this cool sort of buzzword. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say um, Yvonne Chouinard. Um, of Patagonia, I'm, I'm hoping I've said his name right there. Um, it's, been, it's been some years since I've since I've read the book, but uh, if if anyone's listening and, and hasn't read that book or listened to the audio book, um, I would definitely recommend it. And that's let my people go surfing. Um, the audio book is great as well because it's actually um, it, it's narrated by himself, um, so you really connect with with him and sort of what he was thinking when he founded Patagonia and and that whole journey. Um, and I think if we could all take a, a leaf out of their book, then the, the, the way that we do things is, is definitely going to be a step in the right direction. Yeah. Nice. I've heard a lot about that book, actually. I think, um, quite a few people that I've spoken to in this, this realm of things have mentioned his book and I think it's definitely something that I'm going to have to look into myself and, um, get involved with, but I guess as well, talking about Riker in terms of you know, you've talked about the story that you've had so far with it, but is there a vision that you have for where you see Riker in the future? You know, is it a certain kind of people that you imagine taking it around or is it, you know, images in your head or, you know, a success story? You know, where do you see your brand going? Where do you really hope that it ends up? Yeah, um, so our initial product offering is um, all based around travel. Um, which funnily enough has been a terrible time in with the state that the world's currently in. Um, but I'm, I'm certain things will get better. Um, but we very much believe in um, the saying that life won't wait um, because tomorrow isn't promised. And we just believe in, in getting out there and seeing as much as possible. Um, and sort of our products are just enabling that. So in terms of sort of, where things would would be ideal um obviously everything that we can do to um improve our um supply chain because of course when you're when you're still small there's only certain things that you can do in terms of meeting minimums and uh, you can't necessarily make the the perfect product for the planet because every product that's that, that's consumed is, is bad but it's about reducing that impact as much as possible and if we can improve our processes going forward with our future iterations of products um, and future ranges implementing new technologies that may um, be developed in the future then that's going to be a, a step in the right direction um, but that that sort of short-term goal um, but long-term um, if we can just continue to grow organically um, and stick to our values um and that will be a a dream come true dream come true for me um but yeah i've i've loved the, every minute of the ride so far and long may it continue yeah i think it's always interesting to hear you know what people set for their goals and then actually you know maybe you'll look back at this one day and think wow i smashed that and i did more than that so <laughs> happy days yeah um and yeah. i'm sure it will you know having um, seen the brand so far and had the chance to work with you and stuff I think it's going to do really well and and hopefully pioneer some other great businesses that will look up to you for inspiration as you do with um with Patagonia and things like that but a bit of a kind of 
off topic, well, on topic, but not to do with Riker, I guess, in terms of, you know, having chatted to you before you, you love adventure as much as I do and as, as much as people in this industry. So do you have like an adventure that you've had before that really sticks with you and, and kind of gives you the drive to take this brand along? Uh, I really should make more time for adventure. Um, <laughs> it's really, it's really hard because you get so swallowed up in the process. I think when you ask about adventure, a lot of people imagine, you know, oh, surely it must be, you know, the most exotic place you've ever been or like the hardest thing you've ever done, you know, climbed a mountain or something, I don't know. But I think I think what I'd love to preach to people is that adventure isn't, it doesn't have to be that big. It could literally be a moment in time where you stepped out of your comfort zone, you know, which is what this podcast is about and, and you and your sustainable business and things like that. Or, you know, maybe it is something crazy. Maybe you free soloed some crazy rock or something like that. But I think, you know, for me, I've, I've traveled across Asia and I've done America and bits of Europe and things like that. And, and they've all been absolutely incredible. You know, being in Asia by myself as a, what was I, 18, 19 year old girl was, was quite, you know, quite hardcore um, at the time. But I think for me, like, you know, myself and my mom and my brother, when we were younger, we didn't have much money. And, and between the ages of seven, eight and nine, um, when everyone else was going off on their family holidays to Spain and things like that, we would walk um, sections of the coast of Cornwall um, and wild camp and not pay for accommodation and, you know, cook up, what was it called? Cup of soup and cup of pasta and things like that um, <laughs> along the coast, you know, hide in farmers' fields and all that sort of stuff. And for me, that is, you know, the best adventure I've had. And that was just like trooping along the the coast the coast of Cornwall which you know to some people might not sound that big but it's what you learn from it isn't it it's, it's how you interact with that time in your life and I guess how it lives on in you I think when people ask me questions these days and kind of talk to me about things and ask for my insight on stuff I end up talking about uh nature and the world in a way that I think was learned through that time um before I even got to Asia and things like that so I think you know, gone off on a bit of a tangent, but that's that's what I imagine when I think of adventure. And I think, you know, it, it could be absolutely anything. It could be this this journey that you've had with the brand. You know, that's a big enough adventure as it is. Yeah. Um, I, I was literally going to say, if if we're going back to that, like having thought about it, like Riker is literally the biggest adventure of my life because um, every, every day you don't know what's going to face you. Um, and I think that's like adventure is just what you make it. Like it doesn't have to be, this elaborate story about meeting some random um, local and being taken up some dirt road and like, like some crazy story. It doesn't have to be that. It's just about sort of, yeah, like you say, pushing yourself to the limit and stepping outside of your comfort zone um, and having a story to tell, which I think we've both definitely got many a story to set to tell. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many different interpretations of adventure. Um yeah, yeah, I think sure. that's what that's kind of what we want this podcast to help with people is, you know, you don't have to have done some insane marathon or, you know, whatever, whatever example it is, it doesn't have to be that adventure can literally be anything and you can be inspired by any part in your life as long as you push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, and hopefully by listening to to you chat away about this business that you have and kind of your insight into the sustainable world of, you know, 
all of this stuff um i really think it will help people to you know to see that they could also do it you know maybe there's someone listening now that thinks oh i've had that idea in the back of my head for so long but i've been so scared to jump to do it and you know by listening yeah. to people like yourself and the other people that i've chatted to i think it will be amazing for someone to feel that desire to suddenly to suddenly jump for it and absolutely just put themselves all in um yeah so yeah i think it's it's been really good to chat to you and i guess to finish off do you want to kind of tell people um when your bags are launching and how to find them um and things like that yeah so just to touch on your previous point um like i think that would be the most amazing thing if someone out there listening um is thinking about an idea or doesn't believe that they can do it like people look at me as if i'm some kind of messiah and i had everything worked out and i knew exactly what i was doing and i've got all this experience and but i'm literally just human and I think if you have any idea, big, small, whatever, um, if you literally just break everything down into small attainable goals and just see where you end up and just tick one thing off after another, whether it's starting today and choosing a name for something or if it's a brand, picking a logo or whatever it is, like that, that is all this brand building experience is finding a supplier sending off a tech pack creating it learning how to do it learn how to create a website all these things they're not yes i had a, a good foundation but it wasn't a case of i had all these things worked out i had all the right people i knew what i was doing from the start really wasn't it was just a case of the process evolving and learning more about myself um as i went as much as learning all these new skills and and what was that what was what um but yeah just to, i just wanted to add that just because i think people are so caught up in the rat race and believing that they they couldn't possibly achieve these things these people that they look up to they couldn't possibly do that thing but it's really not the case um and all these great people that have come before us we're in the same process um yes of course privilege exists and um there's certain opportunities that are restricted to certain people etc but i really think that anyone is capable of of doing and achieving great things if they simply just put their mind to it and throw themselves completely in there's no point being 10 percent in just literally just take that leap because like i say tomorrow isn't promised um and life won't wait so i, th I think just just go out and and grab it by the horns um but yeah sorry to to go off on a tangent there but um no it's good yeah, what, was your, <laughs> <laughs> what was your um the closing point is it yeah sorry no i mean i'm glad you added that in because i think you know that was like some amazing speech to get someone riled up to go do it um so thank you for that but um <laughs> um no i was just gonna ask you know for the people listening who might be interested in seeing your brand you know uh what are your social medias your website and you know when is it launching how can people keep up with you um the website recently launched um so you can go and get notified regarding updates and uh confirmed launch date um as and when that happens um we're hoping to launch at the end of august and we'll be launching through the crowdfunding platform kickstarter where you'll be able to purchase at a 30 percent discount when we launch so you can sign up for that discount um if you visit our website just by entering your email the website is www.rikerbags.co.uk and that's R-E-I-K-A 
bags.co.uk or you can find us on social media and that's at Riker Bags. Um, again, R-E-I-K-A. Um, but yeah, it's very much a case of sort of playing everything by ear at the minute with the travel situation. But um, we're aiming for August just on the basis that things are picking up um, and we're sort of trying to look for a, a safe route to market um, after all the hard work that's gone into this this development journey. Um, but and I'm also contactable at, um, at SJC Wetton. Um, that's W-H-E-T-T-O-N. Um, if anyone has any questions or just has this burning desire to talk about sustainability, then I'm, <laughs> I'm always reachable on there. Amazing. I love how you call it a burning desire to talk about sustainability because it's definitely a thing. <laughs> and I'm one of those people, hence why we're here now. <laughs> um, no, yeah. that's great. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, and I definitely would recommend for people to follow you. Um, having been able to kind of join you on your journey a little bit, um, as people might notice if they went on your website, you might see my face popping up here and there. <laughs> but um, it's been amazing yeah, to work with you. <laughs> No, it's been amazing to work for you and um, bring you on here. And I really hope people feel inspired by what you've been up to. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for joining and I'll catch up with you again soon. Not a problem. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, Lydia. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>